Welcome to an all new episode of Beyond This Earth. This is Novid Hollaback. That's Hollaback. Folks, remember last week when we talked about Epstein not killing himself? <laughs> we thought we were done with this. Oh, done bruh because after the recording of the episode for last week came this interview from Trevor Noah in Comedy Central when they interviewed Hillary Clinton and her daughter Chelsea the wife of James Mark Vansky who is connected? Who is the son of Margaret Margolis Mavisky, who is a humongous powerhouse in 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 southeastern Pennsylvania politics? This is what happened on Halloween night last week. And Chelsea Clinton, who co-wrote the book of gutsy women. Um, Hillary, I have to ask you a question that has been plaguing me for a while. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein? <laughs> because you, you, you're not in power, but you have all the power. I, I really need to understand how you do what you do. Because you seem to be behind everything nefarious, and yet you do not use it to become president. <laughs> the game plan <laughs> well Trevor what is, what, but honestly though what does it feel like being the boogeyman of the right well it's it's a constant surprise to me um, because the things they say and now of course it's on steroids with uh, being online uh, are so ridiculous beyond any imagination that I could have and yet they are so persistent in putting forth these crazy uh, ideas and theories. Honestly, I don't know what I ever did to get them so upset. Have you, have you ever thought of just like meeting someone who says like, Hillary, you did this, and just looking at them and being like, yes, I did. <laughs> but I also think it's because it is effective. Like I'll never forget reading an article after the 2016 election where the reporter interviewed someone who had been an undecided voter, and he said, you know, he thought my mom had won all three debates, she clearly had a greater command of the subject matter, and yet he just kept reading that she had murdered more than 50 people. And he said somewhat nonchalantly, like, I don't think that she murdered 50, but like, what if she murdered two? Really, folks? Really? Now, understand the contest. This was all based on the joke and the rumors and the internet and all the rest of these things, right? The vast right-wing conspiracy. We'll get to that in a future day. Ooh, you're going to love this. I love this. But I just want you to set the scene. Because the following Monday... Well, actually, a couple of days after, Sunday, maybe Sunday, Project Veritas, run by James O'Keefe, 
You know him. Extremely controversial. Conservative. News reporter. Independent news reporter. Investigative news reporter. Said there was something coming soon about Epstein. He actually pretty much stated something of that during the final part of his expose on CNN. He comes out on Tuesday, election day. We're a year away from the next election. He comes out with a bombshell of a report or a, how should we say this in real terms, expose about Epstein. Remember, she joked. No, Trevor Noah made the joke in the form of a question. How did you kill Jeffrey Epstein Within three days, this pops out from ABC News, Amy Robach, who works on Good Morning America. Here is the audio of the video. It has already gotten one million views as of this recording. Story for three years. I've had this interview with Virginia Roberts. That's cool. We've not put it on the air. Um, first of all, I was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? No one knows who that is. This is a stupid story. Um, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. Um, we were so afraid we wouldn't be able to interview Kate and Will that we that also quashed the story. And then, um, and then Alan Dershowitz was also implicated in because of the planes. Um, she told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton. We had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail. And now it's all coming out. And it's like these new revelations that I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago saying, like, on, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. She was in hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. 
Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. I, I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations, and I freaking had all of it. I, I, I'm so pissed right now. Like, every day I get more and more pissed because I'm just like, oh, my God. We, it was, um, what, what we had was unreal. ABC has episodically covered the scandal, yet the interview was never broadcast, and Jufre says she was never told why. Other women backing it up. Hey, yep. Brad Edwards, the attorney, three years ago, saying, like, aunt, like, we, there will come a day when we will realize Jeffrey Epstein was the most prolific pedophile this country has ever known. And I had it all three years ago. But the creepy thing is that we would make access to all of these high-profile Well, then I got a little concerned about why I couldn't get on. On the leaked insider tape, Amy Robach says she had the Jeffrey Epstein story three years prior, but her exclusive interview was shelved. Robach says in the leaked tape, there was a lot of pressure from Buckingham Palace. According to NPR, the famed lawyer Alan Dershowitz also pressured the network to kill the story. Shortly before the interview was due to air, Harvard Emeritus Law Professor Alan Dershowitz called the network. He was also one of Epstein's lead defense attorneys. We wonder if the story was killed to protect the rich and powerful. It seems few were worried about protecting the women who may have been Jeffrey Epstein's victims. Remember, Epstein was still a free man three years ago. And just to be clear, the interview has still not aired. What is ABC News waiting for, or who are they still protecting? She told me everything. She had pictures. She had everything. She wasn't hiding for 12 years. We convinced her to come out. We convinced her to talk to us. Um, it was unbelievable what we had. Clinton, we had everything. Robach also has no doubt about what happened to Epstein when he finally was arrested and jailed. So do I think he was killed? A hundred percent. Yes, I do. Because you want he made his whole living blackmailing people. Yeah. There were a lot of men in those planes, a lot of men who visited that island, a lot of powerful men who came into that apartment. I knew immediately. <clears throat> and they made it seem as though he made that suicide attempt two weeks earlier, but his lawyers claimed that he was roughed up by his cellmate around the neck. That was all like to plant the seed. And then that's why I really believe it. Like really believe it. Maxwell, who I had all sorts of stuff on her too. I love every. I'm like, it's so funny to hear everyone say her name next. I'm like, oh my god, like <laughs> I had all this, and everyone's like, who's that? Who cares? I kept getting that. Who cares? Um, she knows everything. She knows. She knows. She should. She should be careful. Well, she was his. Like, she went out and recruited all of these girls. Because if she goes, I mean, I'd have, like, security guards all around me. Then came the statement from the Hollywood Reporter. In a video that was published on Tuesday by the conservative group Project.
Project Veritas, the ABC News anchor was caught on camera expressing frustration that the network did not publish her 2015 interview with Virginia Roberts Jufri, who accused Epstein and Prince Andrew of sexual misconduct. In the video, she notes that ABC wouldn't put the interview on air, saying she was told, who's Jeffrey Epstein? And further adding, then the palace found out that we had her whole allegations about Prince Andrew and threatened us a million different ways. The anchor went on to say that ABC was afraid they wouldn't be able to interview Prince William and Kate Middleton if the story were made public. She further notes, it was unbelievable what we had. Bill Clinton, we had everything. I tried for three years to get it on to no avail, and now it's all coming out, and it's like these new revelations. The organization said on Tuesday that the Robach video was provided by an ABC insider. But now, in a statement provided to The Hollywood Reporter, ABC News has responded to the leaked video saying, at the time, not all of our reporting met our standards to air, but we have never stopped investigating the story. Ever since, we've had a team on this investigation and substantial resources dedicated to it. That work has led to a two-hour documentary and six-part podcast that will air in the new year. As for Robach, the anchor provided a more extensive response explaining her comments, saying she was caught in a private moment of frustration. She says, I was upset that an important interview I had conducted with Virginia Roberts didn't air because we could not obtain sufficient corroborating evidence to meet ABC's editorial standards about her allegations. She adds, in the years since, no one ever told me or the team to stop reporting on Jeffrey Epstein, and we have continued to aggressively pursue this important story. In an interview with NPR in August, Roberts Jufri herself expressed confusion about why her 2015 interview with ABC was not broadcast, saying, I viewed the ABC interview as a potential game changer. Appearing on ABC with its wide viewership would have been the first time for me to speak out against the government for basically looking the other way and to describe the anger and betrayal victims felt. For more updates to the story, head to THR.com. For The Hollywood Reporter News, I'm Anna Joy. Here is the reality of the situation. So let me set the timeline to you again before we continue. October 31st, Trevor Noah, in a joking manner, said to Hillary Clinton, did you kill Jeffrey Epstein in a joking manner? And then she she and her daughter, Chelsea Clinton, husband of, of Margaret of Mavisky, who is the son of Margaret Margolis Mavisky, a very powerful player in South Pennsylvania politics, Southeastern Pennsylvania politics, said that it wasn't good there. They might have killed two as a response to she was just restating somebody that did an interview with a voter that was wanting to vote for Clinton but felt that Trump was better. Then we had this report from Veritas stating that Amy Robach had a story, private frustration, and then a response from ABC News. A lot, once this thing aired, Twitter was set ablaze. Wondering, conservatives wondering, they did this to Kavanaugh, they set up everything for Kavanaugh, but not for this. Liberals are saying, they're trying to protect Trump, this, stand the other. Why wasn't this taken out before this election started and we wouldn't have Trump in the first place? Wow. Folks, 
Let me explain something that nobody understands and nobody gets why this is what it is. I mentioned something about the finders group last week. This happened, and within days, she makes these comments. Within days, this is revealed. This is within days of before Epstein wasn't murdered. His brother had evidence to the claims from people that did autopsies of some of the biggest stars in the world saying that, yes, this dude was murdered. Pretty much. You're going to see all the major talk shows. Redo this evidence again with this new evidence that came out. Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil. Within the new year, they said that they're going to have a two-hour 2020 setup and a podcast plus all the fixings. So he gave me package and told in the new year. Because we don't have time and everybody getting ready for Christmas. Do you want to know why this industry, the news industry, is taking everybody down? This is partly the reason. The whole Me Too thing. A lot of conservatives, not these all right conservatives, not these identitarians, but a lot of other conservatives, not so much with Alex Jones, but somewhere in that other stuff, um, stated. Years ago, before me to come out, there was going to be scandals that were going to showcase that a lot of these people are in this business, in these dark acts. What is happening is that it's 2019 now. Me Too has been sussed out. We know the history of Matt Lauer already told in the major in the new in the conservative media back in 2016. We already know this thing happened. No one said anything about it because nobody trusts these conservatives. And it has become a, the, the conservative news media, as it were. Nobody wanted to say anything, but they have said it. This thing came out 2015, three years ago. You said in 2019, this sets up 2016, 2015, late 2015, early 2016, beginnings of the election. And if this had come out, especially with the... A lot of shit would have changed in 2016. A lot of it. 
what they did. ABC News. And maybe the other two networks was hide this story. They hid the story. I cannot believe that Scott Pelley did not know or he wasn't allowed to know. If he knew and didn't do anything about it or somebody told him not to air the story, it's going to be found out. There's going to be hell to pay on CBS. I will personally go down to Channel 3 headquarters. I will personally talk to the people there. And they will have to explain to me why Nora O'Donnell took that man's job when he had this story in his hands. You set him up for failure. You set these people up to fail. And then when they come up and the reality of the story comes out, then they wonder why nobody trusts the media. And then you have to send people like Nate Silver and the Goon Squad the Kuma squad of Nate Silver and his miscreant bastards to come up and say, oh, this and the other thing. Talking out their damn hair. But I'm here and I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this is a disaster. An unmitigated disaster is being perpetrated on the American people. It is not over. Because O'Keefe is now showing his fangs. When the CBS one comes out, I'll be intentionally watched. I will be injured with intention because there could be secrets in that particular company. That is not going to be good. Whether it's pro-Pelly or anti-Pelly, it doesn't matter. But somebody knows. Because it is apparent to me. We saw with CNN. We see with ABC. They are trying to protect something that should not be protected. This is because they wanted to get an interview for a fluff piece for Good Morning America. That is way more important than the scandal the Royals got themselves into with this sick-ass uncle of these two princes. The sick-ass uncle of these two princes. And y'all remember Jimmy Seville and their old bullshit and the way the BBC protected him. 
for years. For years. And I remember postings that were done over back over there. And there was certain message boards that said, don't go too far. You can't go too far. This is too deep. But it may have been much deeper than we ever recognized. And then the FBI thing with the finders have been found out. CIA said, close the whole books. Blame the rat. Blame. Blame uh, Heavy Metal. Blame Dungeons and Dragons. Blame that television show that airs on that CBS. You know, that, that one with the four kids doing nothing, trying to get back home. Make sure it's canceled. Don't let it go to a fourth season. The satanic panic that got three children arrested for no damn reason. And they have to be made guilty in order to become free. That satanic panic. They had victims. Real victims. Both who both who were involved and uses scapegoats and actual motherfuckers that were connected and actual motherfuckers who were doing the dark acts being protected by elements of the government in the 1980s connected to Iran Contra CIA. And also connected to something that Tom Cruise used to do concerning the men of Arkansas that they did a movie on that led into the crack epidemic of the mid-1980s, which has still has scars all over the African-American community, all over the major metropolitan areas of this country, which led into a riot in Miami in 1989. Everything that you're saying, everything is being exposed. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the same particular deep states, the same states, it's now all in unison wanting to go after Trump and his quote-unquote dealings with the Ukrainians when there was reports that the Ukrainians might have been giving nuclear weaponry or nuclear information to the North Koreans. And they wonder how did that happen and how that took place. And the story is buried somewhere on the internet, never to be seen. But I saw it and I was stunned. Maybe I can find the article one day and show it to you in a future episode. But it is there. You motherfuckers are in much bigger trouble than you can possibly realize. That they can joke about a man with all the blackmail and none of the people that work in that media actually believe that he killed himself. But you on that day when they said he died went on special report. Their call, her colleagues went on special report and said he committed suicide. But it turns out that the one of the main reporters from GMA said he did not commit suicide. 
How's she going to explain that tomorrow? Y'all tell me how she going to explain that tomorrow to Robin Roberts. Oh, we're going to have that recording too. You'll say, I'll have that recording too. This is a mess. Wake up, America. You're being played. We'll be back with more Beyond the Earth right after this. Okay, folks. Let me explain something to y'all. It came faster and faster than we thought possible before we get to anything that we do today. And I know this is going to come in an earlier segment and whatnot, but there is an update to this Epstein story you will not believe. Remember the whistleblower. That's least the tape to Veritas. Remember that whistleblower? The whistleblower was found out to work for CBS News. As a quote-unquote courtesy, the people working at ABC News went out and said to CBS News, President Susan Sarinsky that your female safter was leaking information like a seed and that she is a snitch. Snitch. And you know what we do to snitches, right? Instead of saying, you know, I'm going to let this go. Ain't nothing to worry about. It's a competitor. No. The first bad move in Susan Sarinsky's tenure as president of CBS News was to pull a Lucius Lion. Pull a Lucius Lion and do that. Ladies and gentlemen, these motherfuckers have done the worst possible thing you can pull. Snitch about a story held for three years. A culture that has this collusion cannot survive. You are in bigger trouble than you possibly can realize. I told you this was going to get worse, and now it's here. It has gotten worse. <coughs> this is a culture Whoa, of destruction. This is a culture of destruction. And, I, and, and, and all of y'all better get this real clear and better understand it real honestly. You cannot survive in this particular world and think you're going to get away with this type of nonsense that you've seen being pulled by ABC News to CBS News. I thought y'all was separate. I thought Disney couldn't do nothing to you. You're CBS Viacom. You're all powerful. But it seems like the mouse is so fecund that he don't care where he get his food from.
especially that food that blinds him to the toxicity in his company. This is a black guy on CBS News, just as worse as anything has happened in that company. Just as worse. I'm going to mention James O'Keefe here. This is what he said five hours ago. You're witnessing an, an extraordinary series of events. CBS News fires employee who had access to tape from the fi from rival company, ABC. Journalism is as collude to punish source whistleblower, irony much, to help bring light cover-up of abuse. Truth to power, media is the power. What a shame. What a shame. Tonight, you're going to see fireworks on the cable news networks. You're going to see fireworks. This is not done. It's not done. It's not done. You don't have men in the leadership of this. And I, I just want to say one final thing about this. We're talking about female leadership in these particular places. Susan Selinsky, who put Noel Donnell as the managing editor of the CBS Evening News, who somehow made a deal with Gail King to keep her at CBS this morning, Jane Pauley, CBS Sunday morning, Margaret Brennan, Face the Nation. Their whole lineup is led by females all across the board. And for them to put the brave face on it, and for them to fire a female staffer for sending this information from her former job. No more NDA. She's no longer working for that particular network. For her to get fired for something to come up like this shows who controls this planet. I mean, not this planet. Who controls this media? Why they want to control this media? And why they don't want this media to go back into the hands of competent people. This is... The biggest black guy CBS has ever had in years. The biggest one. Y'all need to get your ads together. Because I don't know how y'all gonna survive this. Because to be quite honest with all of y'all, all this talking about me too and whatnot, it all begins and ends with this, and all of y'all had used me too to gain power, especially in CBS News. And now you use your power to destroy the very thing Me Too was supposed to prevent. It is almost like when a woman starts to have one little bit of conscience, one strain of humanity in this world, other women try to destroy it. People have said that a woman who don't help another woman should go to hell. A lot of these women have said it, especially in liberal corners. Well, what does that say about Susan Selinsky and the people who are the new faces of CBS News? We'll be back with more Beyond This Earth after this.
Hello, folks. Welcome back to Beyond the Earth. Before we get into the whole brand love thing that we did earlier recording, I just want to set the scene here. Have you ever heard of the phrase, okay, boomer? If you're a boomer, you deserve it. Well, boomers in the entertainment industry pretty much deserves it all across the board. And the reason why I'm doing the brand love study, which is connected to the YouTube thing that we're going to later talk about on this episode, it's actually two parts. So don't mind if it's a little long, but it has to be stated. Um, and it has to be connected to some of the things that I'll talk about YouTube and why it's no longer with the other parts of the art, like the YouTube poops and a whole lot of it. And some of it has moved to Instagram and a lot of it has moved to TikTok, even though it faces issues with the Chinese government, as it were, and how it's being shown and being controlled and how that and how that and how children's information are being sent to the government of China. The People's, Repu the People's Republic of China. Anyway, I want to focus on the whole concept of OK Boomer when it comes to the entertainment media and when it comes to YouTube and when it comes why it and the success of YouTube, the somewhat success of Netflix. And the reasons why they're moving towards a streaming platform and whatnot. And I'm going to focus mostly on animation because that's mostly my forte. And that's mostly where I am going to focus a lot of the problems at. Because a lot of the executives that came from the industry that now run most of the rest of the industry now. All come from either somewhere connected to the wrestling business. Somewhere connected to other things they did day to day work in um the major networks and some and a lot of them came from the um kid vid business yeah and the kid the uh, the children's television the kids tv business like brandon uh turkikoff and others came from that particular side and they were using that as a stepping stone to becoming the main executive for nbc for AB, abc nbc and cbs and Fox in some ways. The boomers have squandered. And I mean this with no disrespect to those that actually had, actually did amazing things in the kids industry at that time. But the boomers who led the game. As the 90s and the 2000s rolled around, squandered the opportunity of the main five super franchises of the 1980s. And you know who they are. The Transformers, He-Man, G.I. Joe, the Thundercats, and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Those are the top five. They squandered every single opportunity built by these franchises. Now, these franchises were successful in many different ways after the 1980s. But they squandered that ecosystem that these particular franchises built. 
and a lot of them in the toy industry squandered them by making too much products of certain other franchises surrounding these five fr franchises and it led into the crashes that we saw in the 1980s in the mid 1980s in 87 88 especially with the transformers because they were making a lot of transformers toys the series was ending they were trying to figure out if they wanted to do the Japanese show or not, bring it here in the States and try to create something different on that nature, but they never got a chance. And the market for toys that never existed or never had a toy friend, never had a back, uh, um, uh, television franchise as it were, because a lot of these shows were basically based on the toy franchises and you had to make an awesome damn product for them to buy those toys. Not anymore. They're not allowed to under the EI laws. One day there will be discussion about it, but not at this particular time. Not now. But there will come a time where we will talk about that issue. We will talk about that issue in a future time. We will talk about that issue in a completely different time. But one of the things that people need to also recognize is that there were other shows after this franchise, after these franchises ended in 1990-91 that would have gone deeper and would have done greater things than other of the franchises. You have um the powers of dark water i'm gonna focus on this particular series as the greatest missed opportunity of the 1990s i mean this without no equivocation if the powers of dark water had continued its run it would have been one of the greatest series of the of the 1990s and the 1990s wouldn't have been a disaster that it became. But this was the beginning of the huge, humongous disasters that were about to befall the animation industry. So many missteps, so many lost opportunities, episodes that weren't even finished, shows that only had one episode and then stopped, Shows that were fantastically done in France and in other places. Never got a chance to get off the ground. Shows that were connected to movies on certain areas. Never got a push. The use of anime to cover up a lot of the, uh, of the mistakes that were done. Mega franchises stayed mega franchises because of the lack of stability in the 1990s, especially with the X-Men and the Power Rangers and other shows of that nature that succeeded. The rise of Pokemon in 1998 and Kids WB in that same term, which changed the industry forever, regardless what people believed it or not. Because it was a stable show in an unstable time. Also, the many changes that happened during 1993. Death of Superman. 
the insertion of speculators into the comics market, the death of the baseball card market, it becoming more of an adult entry thing, collector's item instead of a children's collection's item, the move from toys from one side to the other, the Eli Law expansion in 1996, Copa in 1996, even though that was needed, the V8, the V, the V chip, which is connected to the whole thing concerning, they didn't want another satanic panic to happen in 1990, in the 1990s with the re-returning of the rat game and those little and the tragedies from the rat game and all the rest of it influencing aspects of 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 the case industry in certain ways and one of the things that would later come to pass in another form and in another way the introduction of a birth <clears throat> to old age model of entertainment which started in the kids industry starting in 1995 I saw those articles years ago I still remember some of them the question you need to ask yourselves is YouTube was coming why is everybody angry they shouldn't be angry because YouTube had to come. There was no choice. It was going to become a disaster if this industry restarted again after 90, after 2000. It was going to become a disaster if it had continued the way it had continued in 2003. Because at 2003, the game was over. Everything was being ransacked. Something had to change. Do you know that four kids, I know I'm dating y'all back. Do you know that four kids, if they have been left alone, one Piece would have been a much bigger hit in the United States if four kids were allowed to do, allowed to make the mistakes they made and then figure a way out around it. It was going to take at least six months. They were going to turn it around in six months. They were going to be there. That show would have made them billions of dollars in licensing fees. And they knew it and everybody knew it. One Piece cannot necessarily survive on its own. And now One Piece is being promoted as this somewhat side, semi-side, this, that, and the other thing. And it's not working. And it will never work. It will never work. I think one of the reasons why a lot of people have left is because they look at the audience in a different way. And now, 
Another thing that you need to understand is that the anime that they promoted back then, a lot of good anime came out, especially Astro Boy, which had history in the United States and could have been promoted the same way, but a lot of the executives still wanted to say, what have you done for me lately? And said, look, we're going to air this show out of order. We're not going to give this show a chance. The ratings aren't there. We know it looks beautiful and all, but nobody's sticking with it. There's no stick to itness. And how can you develop the industry where, okay, Tom and Jerry's still doing well, even in its weakest form with one of their series? Everybody's still loving the chasing and the rat, the rat chasing. Even in its weakest form. You put it at the early days, early hours, and then become shocked when it's no longer on the air and the ratings plummet. You replace it with something else and the ratings plummet. Plus, also in the mid-80s to the late to to the early 2000s you had three hour you had 90 minute shows of these things that the executives wanted to air garfield went in an hour did eight episodes um muppet babies went 95 minutes at a time People were going crazy. Nobody knows what the hell is going on. The industry started to look a lot like it does right now with this heavy influence of cop shows, military shows, doctor shows, and the whole nine yards where everybody else is moving into these uh, navel-gazing type um, prestige shows that they're doing that nobody knows the answers to and they're not making the entertainment that will bring people to the dance and they're not getting the influences from say a bad name destiny or a pulp revised pulp era in the United States or even certain Japanese manga. They're not getting those full inspiration from these because they are being blocked by certain aspects of the animation and kids industries that are colluding with each other to promote a worldview that ultimately is destructive. And children have solved this for many years. Jason DeMarco said they have moved towards comedy with a lot of these um, with a lot of these shows, but the comedy in a lot of these shows, outside of let's say of a um, one of the a Gravity Falls from Disney or a Phineas and Ferb from Disney or a couple of other smaller shows that Nickelodeon airs, is just deeply off-putting and. Outside of Teen Titans, which is connected to the DC Universe in certain ways. Outside of Teen Titans Go, excuse me. 
there hasn't been any push. And T-Titans airs 12 hours a day. Very rarely you get different shows on the network. Sometimes Boomerang does different shows, but you rarely get promotion from Boomerang and whatnot. Everybody waits until Adult Swim arrives. And when Adult Swim arrives, they get one twos and one threes. And then some of them get even um, better ratings than some of the other shows they air on, on, uh, on Disney Channel and whatnot. And then you see that the whole thing has collapsed. And there was an article about it on Bloomberg a couple of uh, months ago saying that the whole thing's about to collapse. The ratings are dying. You're going to hear more about it in the brand love study that we're going to showcase after this part is over. You deserve to be called OK Boomer by the you. Because look what you left. You left behind decades of bad decision making for the last 35 years in your wake. And now after 35 years, wondering about the good old days, we almost had this, missed opportunities, blah, blah, blah. You're now seeing it. The fault, especially around the West, especially with a lot of these kids in the kids uh, uh, television products, all around the world, and especially in the West, is it the fault of the of the executives in these particular companies? Big time with the CB with with CBs in the UK, in the UK. I, and I spoke to somebody that worked with the children's BBC, their little segments at, at, and so on. And I explained to them everything about what went wrong in that business and what went wrong in the industry. I haven't, I have not gotten a response back. Not gotten a response. And I did keep blocking on Twitter, so what have you. But that is the reason why people have gone to YouTube. That is the reason why the little ones are singing Baby Shark all over the place. That is some of the reasons why we have the things that we have. But it's all going to come down crashing on their faces because even YouTube is making the same mistakes the networks had made as the networks trying to convince and only three of the three of the streaming services will convince the kids to go into their own into their own little um, gated gardens to get the entertainment they want and crave in certain cases, and we'll be back into the same BS again concerning Disney Plus and the rest of this when their own things fail when they can't pay those bills. I'm sorry to tell you folks, I really am. We're seeing the end of this, of a way of doing things. And the replacement of these things will ultimately destroy itself. Once that happens, what do you guys have left? 
I think the Japanese are going to learn this. Let I think the Japanese and the Koreans are going, and, and those of them trying to become more westernized with a lot of these streaming services are going to learn about this the, the hardest of hard ways when they see a majority of their particular entities, as it were, become failures overnight and things that should not be failing to see. Think about what of these five major kids franchises, ancient series franchises that I mentioned a while back, what did they do to this industry and what people they brought into this industry and what people they didn't. And I want y'all to understand what type of influence they had on what entertainment was. Because I'm going to put this to be very honest with you. In the 1990s, there were not a lot of great people working in that business. And the only reason why this business survived and the wide reason cable survived and all the rest of these things survived is because of four reasons. Four, the, the rise of the hip-hop era, the hip-hop silver age, the hip-hop, I would say a golden age, hip-hop silver age, um, the rise of Tupac, Biggie, um, TMX, Jay-Z, and the rest of them in the music business. Um, that was one of the biggest factors. The rise of Puff, Puff Daddy and all the rest of them. Master P and a lot of them. They have to be as they have to be there. And the rise of the Atlanta rap movement back then. Those were the big, big reasons why there was still an cable industry there because they all went on TRL and they competed with the white um uh, with the pop industry back then, which was on their uh rise with those particular entities like um just in sync 98 degrees and all the rest of them they they, they were intent they were finding in tandem for hearts and minds the other two were um the pro wrestling business the wwe attitude era helped along by vince russo and ed Pereira. then it was acw with paul Heyman when he had control of the company and, and ran it and booked the shows and the last one is Tsunami with Jason DeMarco and Sean Akins when they created the damn block and all the rest of it. Those were the only things that saved television in that industry and saved the music industry in that in, in that time. Otherwise, this whole thing would have been done. The Japanese would have taken over. We wouldn't have heard the last of it. America would still have a television industry. It will still have a sports industry. It will still have all of these other things, but it would have been more influenced by Japan than, than more often than not in many different ways that you would not have noticed. That now they will be. You say Korea is going to dip? No. Not with the scandals incoming out here. This was going to happen, and now you're seeing the result. Now, listen to the study that we talked about earlier. We, me, and one of my um, uh, 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 people that help on this show, and we talked about it a little bit. And I want you to give a listen, 
and understand where we going from here and then we'll talk about youtube all on today's episode of beyond this earth we'll be back right after this welcome to beyond the earth this is Novit hollerback that's hollerback i want to talk about friends and media for a little bit as part of this new segment that we have and i want to explain something that i just recently saw on cartoon world and it has to deal with youtube netflix and how they are known and used by kids admittedly said in a recent article that was done a couple of weeks ago that youtube is the tops in the annual brand love study conducted by market reacher smarty pants the study measures brand awareness, love, and popularity between the households of kids between 6 years and 12 years old. They're not talking about 12 to 14. They're not talking about 12 today. They're talking about that time when their brains develop and they start to go into the world. This is the most recent study. And it was conducted online between May and June of this year, 2019, with a total of 17 down, a little under 17,000 plus participating children and parents. This is a look at the top brands in the survey. They covered 19 categories across entertainment, the food industry, the toy industry, the gaming industry, and the apparel industry clothes are you ready for this i'm going to talk about the top brands um this is kind of weird here because they have a kidfinity brand and um it's sometimes strange but here we go the number one brand being youtube Netflix is next. Nickelodeon is another one. Um, Disney Channel, another one. YouTube Kids being 797. Uh, Disney Plus, around 7 there. Nicktoon, Cartoon Number, Prime Video, this is Amazon. Hulu, Disney XD, PBS Kids is there. Boomerang, Freeform, Discovery Family, Universal Kids, Food Network, ESPN. Okay. This is what he said from the takeaways. YouTube was not just the number one network video brand. It was the number one brand in the whole entire survey across every single category. 97% of children said they either love, which is 77%, or like 20% YouTube. 92% of kids use YouTube, making it the most widely brand by children. 78% of kids use YouTube at least once a day. Netflix is the second most loved children's brand, SDOS service. Boys in particular are embracing it 
72% of boys 9 to 12 responded that they love Netflix, up 64% from that segment last year. Nickelodeon, Disney Channel, Cartoon Network registered a higher awareness among kids, but love of their brands is declining. Although among kids' network streaming services, they were ranked 3, 4, and 8 among the 350 overall brands. Nickelodeon ranks 34th, Disney Channel works 30, 47th, and Cartoon Network is ranked 72nd. The diminishing popularity of these networks correlate broadly with their declining rating, which was discussed a way, way back. Uh, in recent years. The survey also recorded declining interest in other cable-separated channels. Nicktoons, Disney XD, PBS Kids, Boomerang, and Discovery Family. The only one that bucked the trend and increased their popularity with kids was Disney's Freeform, formerly of ABC Family. Disney's upcoming streaming service, Disney Plus, has already had kids excited. The Sid's Most Loved Network has not even premiered yet. They said in this particular subject that the uh, Sid's Most Loved Network SOV service among kids, even though it hasn't launched yet, 80% of kids, they will definitely use Disney at Disney Plus within the next year. And as you have already heard, Disney Plus is more female-focused. Then, Cartoon Brew showed the top 50 brands among kids. I'm just going to mention the top 10. YouTube, Oreo, M&M's, Hershey's, Doritos, Chips Ahoy, Netflix, Cheetos, Lay's, and Goldfish. That's the top brands. And then 11, 12, 13, 14, iPad, Reese's, Lunchables, um, Little Debbie's, and Starburst. Just to run out the top 15. This is the parents of kids, Amazon, Crayola, Netflix is third, Lion King fourth, Lion King fourth, Hershey's, Google, Oreo, Reese's, M&M's, Toy Story. I want you to look at this. Look at the things that I see here, folks. I saw no movie or television brands on the kids side here i saw none of them here i see them here in the parent side that should get your noggin spinning in the top 50 list i see a lot of foodstuffs here do i see any networks i see no networks here the only network I see between the both of them. No, I don't see no networks here. The networks I see here, the first part of the network here, I see here Nickelodeon. I don't see it in the parent side. That's the 34th place spot there. Um This is what this is what this is what the study is saying. This is what parents trust. Versus what the kids like. And what the kids like. Is very different from what the parents like. 
I see Snickers bars there at 49. I don't see any sticker bars there. This is amazing to see. But you see, Netflix is the same thing here. Netflix the same here. Do you notice something here, folks? I don't see many video game brands here from the parent side. I see Xbox close with PlayStation, but Nintendo leading the way. You see, but I don't see here. I don't see PBS Kids here, but I see PBS Kids on the side of the parent side at 43rd place. Um, Let's also see something here. Lots of, I do see Nike here, but it's 41st to 25. Mostly on the sport end. So I see a lot of, I see a lot of candy. Sweets, cookies, treats, electronic. I see no toys. I see Nickelodeon, sure. I see YouTube Kids and YouTube, sure. I see Nintendo Switch, good. I see the PlayStation and Xbox still on the top dirty list. So which means they're big. They're bigger than Nickelodeon. I see all the rest of the stuff here too. I don't see no video game side on the on the parent side. Most of this is mostly I see Snickers here in the same around the same place. I pretty much see this is what women want, mostly single mothers here, and I see what they like. It's a little bit more boy focused per se. But not too much in the sense of boy focus. See a lot of candies here. This is candies, treats, all the rest of this stuff. Do you know what I sense, folks? You now see why the kids industry has left to Netflix. Why the kids industry has left to all these other places. Why they pretty much have put all this money there. You saw it right there. The influencers like PewDiePie and all the rest of it. Do you see why they're so mad? The mainstream industry is so mad about YouTube and why they so much want to take about YouTube. Take a look at the top 50 brands between the ages of 6 and 12. The, most, the age where children are about to become dead. YouTube is at first place. YouTube is at first place. YouTube Kids is at 50th place. So it starts up and book ends with those two sites. Everything else, cookies, toys, co no cookies, um, art designs, pads, um, video games, drinks. The only top toy, what? This is proof. It is proof. The proof there is no lie. Look at the lie. Look at the lie. Nickelodeon is on 30, 30, 34th place. It's the 34th place. Netflix is 7. The Netflix is at 7th place. The only tour I see here. The only tour I see here is Nerf. And it's mostly boys toys. It's a gun. It's a mostly a phone boy toy. That is the highest selling toy they know they can trust. 
the Nerf one at 38th at 38th place. There's supposed to be infinite mainstream media bullshit. Now they want to change it. Remember, that's why we got before we were forward and onto their team because that was what we had. Now that's gone. The next generation, generation after the generation Z, they're the kids right now. They're going to take over. There won't be no more. It's over. And they know it. That's the evidence right there. This is not a lie. It's seven down. It was seven thousand people, half of them children, half of them adults. This is what they saw. That's this is cartoon brew. the The study is actually done by a team called Smarty Pants Marketing. Smarty Pants Marketing. What? Okay, so that's the website. Yeah, but this is the Cartoon Network. But the website there, you have to pay a certain amount of money to get that data. This is Cartoon Brew. They only showed this part of it here. Okay. Cartoon Brew.com? Yes. Okay. And it's on the top of the day. Okay. That See, this is this is the truth. This is not a lie. Oh, this is not a lie. That's why they told me This is a lie. This is yeah. not a lie. What I'm showing what I'm what I'm discussing this with somebody that's here with me. This is this is not a lie. Look at it, folks. This is, this is what scares mainstream media, right? This here. this is what scares them. And you and here's another thing that you need to realize. You see the PlayStation Ant Spots and Nintendo there? They're in good spots. I didn't say they were doing bad. I did not say they were doing bad. But understand why all the things in the video game industry is happening because of these three spots and they saw this study. The study ain't gonna lie to you. 17,000 people, if you're doing statistics, is a huge amount. And you have to be careful with the way you do your math here, especially in statistics, okay? So when you have this study up in here, this is not a joke. This is not a joke. And you see in the comments, the comments match what the brands are saying. Y'all done. Y'all done if you think y'all going to continue to play this. This is one of the reasons why you cannot be doing business the way you have been doing business before. You can't. One of the reasons why the only two streaming services that have a future is Disney Plus and Peacock is three reasons. One, Disney Peacock, I mean, I mean, NBC Peacock will be free for Comcast subscribers. Comcast subscribers in Xfinity, I mentioned earlier, top for top 50 websites, they're number three in America, right next to Netflix. Right next to Netflix. If Peacock even is free for their subscribers, for the Comcast subscriber, they've already won. Just because on numbers alone, and in the next study they put out for 2020, you can bet your bottom dollar that Peacock will be somewhere either on the parents or the kids' side. So they have nothing to worry about with, with Universal Kids at this particular point. Nothing to worry about on that side. Disney entity is because of Disney and the rest of it. It's going to be somewhere in 
five, six, or seven of that particular thing. In that particular thing. HBO is a premium brand based for adults. You put all those kids stuff there without understanding what is kids, what is not. You put all the Crunchyroll people there. You put all those in there. You are going to get screwed. You are going to get screwed unless you give, you unless you have some way of differentiating the content, and they don't have it. The smart move for these streaming services with their secondary streaming technologies is one price, one chance to access all of their content in that neighborhood, in that particular sphere of influence. In that cloud of influence, if we now want to call it that way. Because any other way, you're going to lose. You are going to lose. YouTube has a humongous problem on their hands. And Google knows this. If they cannot figure out a way, and I mean a way, not dull way, a way, to become successful, in this time you are in trouble. I'm going to warn everyone here. This is the disaster. There was an article done by J.D. Cowan, who is a part of this pulp movement, reinsurgence as it were. And he mentioned a comment about the EI laws, which is rarely done in the internet. I looked everywhere. It's not really mentioned about it and talked about Peggy Charn and this. This is the result of Peggy Charn's influence. There it is. Right in front of your face. And you have no excuse. You have nothing to say for yourselves. You want to have an aesthetics problem. Look at the site's logos. I mean, look at the logos for these particular things. All the logos do not match the logos that you are trying to push out from Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, that sort of thing. The logos are recognizable. Outside of uh, some of the changes they did in the video game one, you see all these logos here. They're bold. They're they're recognizable. They're scudomorphic in one sense. <clears throat> iPad because of the connection to the iPhone and whatnot. But all of them have this, this, this push, this understanding with the exception of YouTube, but that's, that's understandable. You have a problem. You have an aesthetics problem. You have a problem of reaching the youth. How in the world you going to sit on your laurels? And do the same types of things you have done before. You can't do that anymore. You just can't. And y'all gonna get wrecked if you do. For a long time to come. I'm sorry this took a lot longer than expected. But we had to discuss this in a much important term. We had to make this longer because I just want to explain to you. 
There are problems and the wrong people are in the wrong places to solve these problems. We'll be back on Beyond the Earth right after this. In a future episode of Beyond This Earth, we are going to have a discussion about what children watch and what children see on the internet. But this is more focused on the adults and when it comes to YouTube. And I just want to give you some important things to explain and discuss about YouTube and its future. And pretty much the future of the internet as a whole. I'm going to tell you something that you're not going to like. And it is not an indictment on your content. It's not an indictment on everything else. It's not an indictment of how much work you put at or where you're going to go in life. And what type of trickery Google is doing concerning the future of this business. It has absolutely nothing to do with that. No, none of it has to deal with that. I'm sorry. The reason why we are here today and the reason why we are all going through it today content creators and all the rest of it is that YouTube read the tea leaves and they figure out that the only way to get this youth the only way to get to the youth was for YouTube it wasn't going to be from anywhere else and any possible way else. And I want people to recognize that and accept it. That any sort of art that does not fit the narrative of what American elites or what whatever the world elites think that art should become and art should be fighting for or whatnot can ever survive in this society in the society they have built over the last several years i've gone through this since i was 13 years old i've gone through all of it the only thing that came close to what artistry was in the past was either done in Japan or inspired by Japanese ma manga doujinshi anime. The only thing that ever came close. The only thing that ever came close. There were times in American history uh, before the 1993 that there were times that it came close. I do have to say it was 80s on um, Basquiat or some or some other nature. It was um, 1960s work, some 1960s work, 
some work done in the 1920s, Art Deco being one example of it, being the closest they ever gotten to anything they had in antiquity. But when it comes to any sort of art, any sort of industry, world-changing artistry, the Japanese were the closest, even though they were inspired by a lot of Westerners. But these Westerners were never given any time of day because of obscenity laws, sin laws, and a whole mess of it from the 60s onwards. Those that did survive, those that did survive in a society that accepted any sort of thing that was close to being anti-communist, what, what the hell, what, what have you. That's the only reason it survived and they had a polarity of an audience that was receptive to the words and the phrases of these creators. They're not accepted anymore. And for a lot of people, this is a sad reality. YouTube has ended up the same way that a lot of these television businesses and networks and entities have all gone back to. I said something about this on Twitter, but I'm not going to explain all of it. But everything in the industry right now and has been for at least maybe from 2008, maybe a lot earlier, but it really started in 2012. Everything has been made for the sensibilities of any 16-year-old female, regardless of race. If you think about that deeply, that is the reason why you get demonetized. And this is the reason why you have the rise of the fashion world and how BreadTube is interacting with the fashion world in particular and how it fit into Tumblr and it fit into this thing. Because to be, and how the Extinction Rebellion movement finally got into place because the mannerisms and the emotions are of a 16 year old girl is the only thing that matters in this society it is the reason why billy elish and bad barbie have been successful in any other decade they would have not have been successful as they are now they are successful in this decade because this is the generation that they aimed 
High School Musical 2. They aimed a lot of the other stuff as well. And the fundamental problem is, is that now that generation has grown up. They want uh, something a little bit tougher. And that's where you have the rise of Cardi B in one sense. And in the other sense, it's Bad Barbie and Billy Elish. She's, they're only 16, 17, and 25 years old. And Cardi B is the queen of it, of the industry at this particular moment in time. Even though there are spatterings of the old guard still around. But I am here to tell you something. The last album before Cardi B, before everything happened, the last album and one of uh, um, Little Kim songs saying the rap the truth about the whole freaking planet. There has been no artist in the rap game that has ever spoken like that in years, and I can't hate her for it. But nobody wants to do that type, and this is partly the reason why Cupcake retired. I don't want to get into this whole machination about this. That's going to be for next year. We're going to get into that. It's a mess, and I will let you know who caused this. I'll let you know who caused this. You're not going to like what you're going to hear, especially about all these bread tube motherfuckers. Mmm. I'm going to let y'all know about them and the failed-ass groovy girl that they call ContraPoints. Straight up ho. But your little children are being played by these industry makers and, and all these particular places. Promise you a lot of money if you get your child to chew grapes on a video. ACMR, as they now call it. It's pretty much popular in a lot of places. This is the new dark YouTube now. It's kind of creepy. Yes, it is. But you know what's even more creepy, my friends? You know what's more creepy? A good old song named Baby Shark turned into this horrendous mess by the adults. It's a shame! It's a goddamn shame! Ugh! It ain't built it for you guys anymore. Because if they built it for you guys anymore, they we wouldn't have the same problems we have in the media right now that we have today. People like, I'm not going to say PewDiePie, per se. I'm not going to say him. But a lot of the other people would have that had sold out would have not have lasted long. New guys would have popped up. You see all these teen girls, they, they want the action, they want the adventure. And this is the only guy that's doing the action and the adventure. 
the one that's doing the boxing training, MMA doing, that's what girls love. Girls love the violence. It's not us boys. It's not us boys, not in particular. Uh, you're you're going to learn about the wrestling industry too. Don't learn. It's not that the violence that came in. We've seen all the moves. All the moves can be put out. You understand? Here's something people need to understand about stories, writing stories, all the rest of these things. You see? GCW was saved by action and story. They haven't developed the storyline yet for AEW or whatnot. They haven't done it yet. But when they do, they're going to find some problems. And how are they going to tell the story they're going to tell? Y'all going to learn some real deep stuff. They don't build these things for you because they don't care about you. They need to get the next child to buy the next great product. They don't care. And they will use other children to do it too. Because they don't have anything else to sell. There is no big plan. There is no new American franchise out there. There is none. They destroyed it all. You saw what they did to, they're about to do to Warhammer. You saw what they did to the Watchmen. A 10-year plot to tell a story about something that should have been taught in school for decades. They now put it on a premium network. And then you come up and tell me Coppola and all these other old heads are wrong about these big, uh, uh, superhero movies. And what they're doing to cinema. They're not wrong. Come at me, tell me I'm wrong. But then you're going to hear, you don't want to hear the real dark story about it. You don't want to hear it. There is no aesthetically pleasing outside of Fortnite and a couple of other works. And this is the big reason why the disaster in esports is about to take place. There is nothing out there outside of Fortnite aesthetically pleasing that any of these you are going to go through as. But you know what they're going to do? This is what they're going to do, folks. And they will always be successful in doing it. They're going to take these nascent projects, the Warhammers of the world, and all the rest. <clears throat> and they are going to try and make franchises out of them. Because they got nothing. The same thing they're doing with the Watchmen. The same thing with the failure with the with Batwoman. The same failures. They're going to bring out failures. Kusin, Lindor, going to play off all the rest of these things. And because he's on all day, he's going to give all the support. He's going to write. He's going to overwrite. He's going to do his overbite, overwrite. And, and all these things going to come up. This is disgusting if you don't know. It's propaganda. 
the truth hidden in propaganda. It's sad. It diminishes the truth. The truth doesn't need propaganda to sell. Doesn't need to hide behind a video game on uh, video game to sell. Doesn't need to be propped up by a comedic, not comedic, comic book IP in order to be told the truth. The truth ain't gonna need a documentary to be told. The truth is out there. Once you find it, the Dane's gonna shock you. How you been played every fucking time. They don't build these things for you. They build it to continue the same bullshit of mainstream life through the emotions and then the eyes of a 16-year-old female of any race and their emotions and how they deal with their family and so on. They no longer talk about the adventures of the past. They no longer talk about the goodness of man. They no longer talk about the darkness of evil. They no longer talk about the things that really matter for the society to survive and thrive and secede. They no longer talk about the corruption that exists everywhere and how it is fought through great hells and loss of friendship and loss of lives in its most explicit form done implicitly they can no longer do this because if they did it things would start changing There is something wrong in the heart of man that allows him to do such things as this. YouTube poops was never the problem. It is this society and an overemphasis on feminization of things that should not be feminized. And how it affects politics, how it affects we speak to each other as people. How do we speak to everybody else and trying to explain and teach how discipline is handled, how everything else is handled, how people easily give up because there is no reason to continue to fight for the things that matter. That is the reason why YouTube is doing this because they're trying to break your spirits down. It isn't going to matter at the end of the day. Because YouTube is going to suffer catastrophic dislocation. It has to suffer catastrophic dislocation. If it does suffer it, where will all these entities go? Do you really want to be a part of a place where every single voice is mismatched by those who ultimately want to see you gone and have no hope for us and no hope for the people of their of this country and other countries that they're in.
think about that. We'll have more about these discussions as we go through beyond this earth. We'll be back right after this. Hello, folks. Now that you heard most of the things that we were talking about YouTube, and I know they were a little long, I just want to update a couple of things concerning what is going on with the future of YouTube and where things are headed. Now, if you're a YouTube creator that creates videos for YouTube, there was a statement that YouTube sent recently that they were going to change their terms of service on December 10th 2019 and a lot of the things they were changing were certain upkeeps and other things of that nature and a lot of people didn't understand what was really going on and why they set up these particular aspects in order for things to be changed well the quartering and others have come up with newer um aspects uh, uh, newer stories concerning these issues. Um, what happened was is that to filter a website that um the quartering was showing in a video recently that was posted on the sixth, stated that on the first of the upcoming year two thousand and twenty, that. Every single video, previous and in the future, will have to be set up under the COPA ruling. The COPA ruling was a 1996 ruling, a part of the V-chip thing and all the rest of these things that it came up. That stated that you have to be dirt or at least 13 you have to have parents permission and that sort of thing in order to access certain content if you are under 13 between the ages of 13 and 18 or under it or under 13 after 13 they have to give some sort of facts information that sort of thing if you wanted to join a message board and something of that nature now the COPA laws have not been, they have been strictly enforced in certain places and they have not been strictly enforced in certain places. What is happening now is that YouTube is now putting a checkbox after January 1st, 2020 that states that is this content suitable for children? ages 13 ages kid age to 13 if it is then it will be given the sort of approve uh, 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 the advertisers will be automatic the advertising will be automatic if it is kid approved and that sort of thing okay fair enough but the ruling was made too broad 
It has to be kid directed by checking the browser. The upload process that process will prevent the video from running personalized ads. Newly uploaded videos is the one they wouldn't have to characterize per the settlement. This is the settlement they made between um, the FTC and YouTube slash Google. Every single video on every single channel must be categorized, including all previous uploaded videos. That means millions of dollars of content that must be manually reviewed by tens of thousands of creators to see if they can meet a number of factors that will make it directed to children. Okay. They notify creators about the impending changes, but plenty of individuals are still unclear about the broad strokes and the inconsistencies of the new protocols. So the, de the definition, what they call is, is the subject matter of the site or service. So say like Armgeist, which is a one that um, Guru Gothic uses on their site in order to host Fire Pro Wrestling World. Is it kid friendly? Not necessarily so, and we are not monetized. And that particular uh, YouTube channel is not monetized. The video's visual content, the video's animated characters or child-oriented activities and incentives, music or other video content in the video, age of models, visual on the video, presence of the child celebrities or celebrities that appeal to children in the video, language of other characteristics of the website and online services, or whether they online program permitting but it's all directed towards children. Okay, fair enough. None of it is directed towards kids per se. And here's what happens afterwards. If it is found out that these videos were aimed towards children, then the FTC will sue or will ask for the first time to re renegotiate and try to get the video changed. After that warning, then if it's not changed after that warning, then they're going to find the person $43,000 for every incident, incident of that particular day, which means hundreds upon hundreds of hours of content will have to be looked over in, in the United States and it will have to be made sure that it isn't kid-friendly or non-kid-friendly and that sort of thing. If it is not seen as kid-friendly, then it is going to be less monetization for that video. A lot of people have gotten so mad about this and this is one of the reasons I talked about that everything is built for 16-year-old girls. That is the reason why I said it. That's the reason. And this is one of the re this is one of the examples that YouTube is going to do on that particular basis. What is going to happen, and I said this on the Twitter handle that you're going to see a move 
towards these cults. And because they will not be a part of it because they will be under regulations of a religion or something of that nature. You are going to see these cults. Spring about right just after this thing comes out because they're the only ones that will not be entrapped by these rules. Twitch is ultimately going to come under these rules. Mitzer is going to somewhat come under these rules if it's directed to children and that sort of thing. All of these things based on these past laws are all set up to make sure that certain conservative voices will not be heard in the discussion. And this is only to make sure that those conservative voices do not get a chance to do Then you have the issue with Patreon and what they're going to do in 2020 and all the rest of these things. They are closing the doors. Elections have just passed in um, Virginia and Kentucky. And what they are seeing is unmitigated problems coming for the Trump administration if they're going to try and get elected next time around. I'm revising some of my predictions concerning that, but that is for a future episode. What I'm trying to explain is that things are starting to change around in ways that people cannot predict and one of the things that are going to happen, especially in this, is that you are seeing YouTube and Google desperately trying to hold on to what they have in order for them to stop the bleeding that will come once Disney Plus and all the rest of these streaming services come up to the fore in May 2020 and all the rest of those things. They will not be under that FTC ruling. They will not be under that FTC ruling. And plus, you also have this law that I mentioned about a couple of uh, week, uh, about last week, about the copyright law they're going to have that you are sued $330,000 on top of this. So you're not only sued $30,000. Then if you're, if found one of them was not even checkmarked, you will be sued um, that much money. And then if you're not under, and then if you're not considered kid-friendly under that particular ruling, your monetization goes down through the roof. A lot of people are going to be out of the work. The side hustle will die. Then you're forced to go to Patreon. Patreon has its own rules. Did they try to play off? And because things are subjective with art and all the rest of these things. And then you have this particular situation getting to this board. Why in the world are you going to continue to support these particular entities as you see it today. Why? 
I think the thing that will ultimately kill YouTube will not come from people leaving YouTube because of this issue. No. The ultimate thing that will kill YouTube is these streaming services. That is the reason why they're trying to do it because they're trying to figure out a way to get to be a part of the streaming service thing thing and trying to keep their content on that particular aspect and then they're going to be some sort of pirating, if you want to call it, of this content on YouTube and they're going to allow it because this is the only way they're going to have some relevance in that industry. I have warned everybody about this thing for years. I've warned y'all. I made it even more explicit in the earlier segment. Now you see the results. Folks, folks, I'm going to let y'all in on a dangerous secret that y'all not understanding. The dangerous secret about YouTube is that YouTube was not going to stay the way it was going to be. YouTube was a part of a movement that started with the experimentations they did with Real Player back in the 1990s. And I said that if Apple, Microsoft, Real Player, the owners of Real Player, and other things built their services, not the way YouTube built it, but concentrated like the way they handled television in a similar fashion, we would not be in a lot of this mess that we see today because it would have been inferred that the way they did, the way y'all did, because y'all, this is what I think is happening. Y'all thought about the internet back. Social media thinks about the internet backwards. Using a website and aggregating all its data onto one website and having those people, certain amount of people share that content on that one website. It basically like a video forum in that particular sense. Whereas it was going to be hundreds of websites that would have video content, audio content, all these other things that the whole people will be able to go around the whole web and see that type of content on an individual basis instead of all the individual basis going into one website. You think about these things backwards. If that was the case, then there would be more organic rise in certain in certain things such as the early Alex Jones, the early um the early hits of the internet and that sort of thing of the early memes all your bases belong to us and all the rest of them y'all remember those 
the internet and the web 2.0 media consolidated this information. The dangerous secret about YouTube is, is that once somebody has collected this information or has collected enough of a mind space in that particular aspect, then you're going to see trying to use what's your power, your individual hard work, they're going to use that power as leverage into getting into the industry that they wanted to get into instead of being the place where everybody just share videos. There's also usability. There's also a learning process that goes with this. And a whole lot of it. One of the things I came to the internet for and what I thought it did was the openness of communication. That was the basic reason. Because I believe that in our society, especially when I was growing up, the communication between men and women, men and men, women and women, were extremely toxic, especially in the hood, especially in the neighborhood, especially in the hood. It was extremely toxic at that time, back in the 1990s and the early 2000s. I believe it was as toxic as it was. And some people had to live with that toxicity. You see, but what I but that toxicity has spread into the rest of the internet. But what made it as what made it as a exponentially worse is that 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 toxicity moved into the internet, and once that toxicity moved into the internet, we began to see that this is what really what human beings act in America, in the UK, in Europe, how they really act was being showcased. That mirror expanded the toxicity in that place. And even if those people say, say nice things, do nice things to people and whatnot, it was under a veneer of what their actual feelings were about this world. Now I'm a little older. Now I've become a little wise to the game. And you have to also recognize that. And I'm beginning to recognize that. A lot of the, the toxicity that existed in this thing is a societal problem. That started way before I even was born. That it has spread through our through our generation and the next generation after it, and it is coming to a head. And there was a realization that no amount of technology, except the technology to get us into space, space exploration, space colonization, no amount of technology was going to fix the human problem. I've now began to realize the human problem was actually a space problem. There is not enough space. There is not enough space to move. I'm beginning to realize 
and come to terms with the fact that no amount of technology is going to solve the problem of centralization of this technology and a centralization of the human experience. And the centralization and who controls that centralization. I thought communication between other people will have better understanding about where we are in a society, but it actually made it things worse. So I now realize that it is a space problem. And the dangerous thing about YouTube is it is showcasing why things have to be made spaced out. That's the reason. And YouTube and other day, you're not realizing this. You're not realizing this. Because let me make this clear to y'all, and I'm going to end it on this particular note. So everybody can make this very clear. When you have a society that has become superficial, that the only things that can survive that are kid-friendly are the things that are made more feminized, that this thing has been set up to become make YouTube more feminized because they see things as the feminization and the female way of talking, speaking, and handling your business is the only safe way to talk in a society, which means that aspects of our society is becoming domesticated in ways that are detrimental towards certain aspects of how men live their lives, especially those who are from different races and of different creeds and different nationalities because they raise their men and their women in a different way than what America is trying to turn into. That what you have begun to witness is a corporatization of these particular entities, such as YouTube and the rest of these things. And these corporatized entities are controlled by many women who see things in a certain way because they've been successful in that sort of way. And in that sense, they're seeing that in that sort of way, they feel as though that the world in turn must be seen through their eyes and not the eyes of what other people see through it. And that ultimately, they're going to reach a point where the thing has hit the fan and they are going to have to admit to themselves that the only way you're going to have a society that will work for me, not for everyone else, ultimately for themselves, is that everybody has to go and get with the plan that they want to espouse. But the plan they want to espouse is ultimately going to destroy them in the end and destroy everything they work for in the end and then their enemies come in and then they will say this is the way they, they're going to take what we say but what we say their enemies will be much more preferable than what they want to do with this what their their supposed elites want for this country as we speak right now that is the danger that is going to lead humanity into the destruction that is about to come. I believe all of these things would have been taken care of and would have been handled in a much more humane manner. If 
the things that concerning technology and communication would have been moved forward into a place where individuals have control or not only of their data, not only of their personal data, not their, but their hard work that they worked for, that it was protected in many different terms, that they had protocols to protect these things that is verifiable and understandable, that the elite does not have control of these same technologies and so on and so forth, and it will be able to protect children from things they shouldn't be seeing. This thing would have been much more healthier if it was done that way. It was not done in the way it was done. It was done, unfortunately, and I really mean this, unfortunately, because the way we see ourselves as human beings and the way a lot of men see themselves and the way a lot of women see themselves are absolutely wrong. And I believe that in certain ways, we are suffering from the disasters that have come about since 68 and the way they saw the sexual revolution and all the rest of these things. These are the results of all the disasters that came place. Here is the result. We're losing our own voices that does not necessarily have to deal with sets, does not necessarily have to deal with while men and women react to each other. We're losing our opportunity to express ourselves in a humane manner. And because we're losing that aspect, we lost that aspect because people feel as though as that we need to have to have some sort of feminine quality that not necessary that does not necessarily is needed in this world at this particular point in order to become safe in a society that is ultimately self-destructing or self-destructive and will help you to become self-destructive. That's all I got to say about it. We will be back with more right after this on Beyond the Earth. Welcome back to Beyond This Earth. This is Novit Hollaback. That's Hollaback. Adam Towslin, who's on Twitter, posted some things about Space Force, our future most assuredly will include January 1, 2060, 40 years from now. Hopefully, your host will be a part of the movement towards space exploration and space colonization, which will be the biggest events in the history of mankind to this point. And we have to start today. But let's get started with his tweets. This was on September 22nd when he made these tweets. There are five crew bases on the moon supporting science and the economy. This is January 1st, 2060. His idea of what could happen there. There are crew habitats all around that cislunar space. No Earth urban and across the moon and Mars are supporting the overall logistics of space manufacturing, tourism, and resource extraction. Those are habitats in space. The moon and Mars are progressively constructed and maintained using extraterrestrial resources. You know, the things on Mars, the things on the moon, and that sort of on. The space economy is expanding rapidly, contributing, contributing to at least plus or minus 10% of global gross domestic product and diverse participation around most of the nations. The economy includes power resources, 
planetary communications from Lagrange points, global information services, more technology, technological and safe and privacy oriented than anything that we have right now. Manufacturing that will change the way we build things all across the world and in places and in those particular areas. Resource extraction and especially tourism because these are the new places we got to go. We got the space we can finally breathe. Major industrial capacity for power. Oh, okay. Uh, um, uh, yeah, major industrial capacity for power, resource extraction, manufacturing has developed. And driven primarily by terrestrial demand, but increasingly to support the space economy. Space is then protected as a free domain under a rules-based international order, a revived UN, uh, with established norms of behavior that promote the philosophy of open trade. This is the only way you're going to have open trade. There is no other way to have open trade. There will be no free trade unless we have a space exploration platform and a space colonization platform. This is the only way globalization will work. Open trade in space as a commons for all humanity. We're stuck in 2019. The United States is in this war and we have to win. This is what Adam Townsend said. The problems of 2060 are today. We must imagine the need to protect the combined commercial, civil, and military command, control, communication, computer, intel, surveillance, reconnaissance, infrastructure to monitor, control, space operations, and provide information services in through food to assist lunar environment during peace and conflict. The military power must display superiority in time and place such as needed as conflicts within the space as part of a larger cross-domain conflict such as to prevent any other nation from monopolizing key logistic points that's the lunar poles, that's Lagrangian points, etc. or key assets which is asteroids, lunar water once it's filtered for military uses. You know why you actually know nothing about the Space Force but idiotic memes? Because the Air Force placed a gag order, which is a restricted public affairs guidance, which stops advocacy for Space Force and stifled public debate. The new industries the Space Force would bring, as Adam Townsend said, space-based internet, which is aspects of quantum computing, in space transportation, new rocket systems, in space propellant manufacture, which will make things a lot faster, lunar and asteroid mining. Now they said the economy is going to die once we get that first gold back, but it's going to take more to build it than it is to bring it back. Space-based solar power beaming may be successful, Orbiter and space lunar tourism, and you never even knew. And because no jobs is better than millions of jobs, the head of the Armed Force Services Committee opposes the Space Force. It waves longstanding and effective elements of civil service rules, pay rates, merit based hiring, and senior civilian management practice practices.
So the rest of the military is hindering this space force because in certain cases, it is pretty much NASA-based, as it were. Dating. But these are interesting ideas put out by Thompson in the first part and the reasons why those ideas are not set up in the second. Ladies and gentlemen, it, that future sounds a whole lot better than the other futures that we're seeing today, both from the left wing and the right wing. That type of future was the future we were hoping to reach. And the new challenges that we needed to face in order to reach that particular thing. It's like I said, we never needed a... We, all, we looked into ourselves with the wrong tools and we found nothing. Now we got to look outside with the right tools in order to find ourselves inside. That's basically what I'm trying to get at. Next week uh, will be a focus show with a short news segment. The two focus that we are going to discuss are the men's right movement and what's really wrong with it and the whole discussions about it. There were certain recordings about it and why Jay-Z sold out. The rap world needs theatrics literally. Literally. I recorded two parts about this and um, we're going to discuss that. It will be at least a little bit longer than two hours. We tend to do these shows every month. So this is the first month we're going to do it. We're not going to do it on the December and we're not going to do it in January, but we're going to do one in February. And since it's going to be a leap year, we're going to have a longer discussion about all the other topics there that we have there and other tapings that we did before this particular thing took place. Um, so I hope you enjoyed that one as well. It, it's somewhat of a break for us. And then on the 20, wait, I want to see this here. Um, I have the 15th. There might be another special episode on the 21st and another one on the 25th. So I will have that set up as well. So I think I'll have two shorter shows on those particular days. Uh, on those particular weeks. Because I thought that Thanksgiving was a little earlier. It's not. It's actually on the 27th. So I will have one more show there. I think it'll be more freeform than the other ones, and then I will take a break for Thanksgiving, and then the twenties, then on the sixth and the fourteenth, I'm going to do the other top. We go back to regular, regularly scheduled programming, and then we're off on the twenty-first, twenty-eighth of December, and we go all the way on to July, January twentieth, and then I'll come back on July twentieth for a new episode. And then we go and do the regular things that we do. So, and we're still concentrating on space. But actually, one of the topics I want to talk about is the conspiracies concerning space and what they found out there. I think that will be a very interesting show for though, two weeks from now for that episode. So, I'm going to discuss one of the things he might, that Neil Armstrong might have found. Um, I'm also going to talk about him in a certain sense that he shouldn't have died. 
and I'm going to showcase that one with um, the inside edition reporting that they had and the things they said in the hospital in Cincinnati that he shouldn't have passed away. And there's some dark shit that's surrounding that, that one of the greatest heroes of mankind would have never have died if things didn't go their way. And then I'll explain the whole medical industry thing and whatnot and the disaster that it has become in the United States and that socialism ain't going to solve it. But that is for the upcoming episode on the 21st. Um, thank you for listening. We will see you guys next week for our special episode. Until then, this is Novid Hollerback. That's Hollerback. And we'll see you again on Beyond This Earth. Take care of yourselves. We'll see you guys next week. Hello, folks. Novid Hollerback again. Just wanted to say thank you to those of you that serve in our country both overseas and in here from the national guard coast guard air force marines navy army and other places are that are connected to the military thank you for all you do on this veterans day and we remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice to protect this country. Thank you. Have a nice day. And we'll see you guys next week on Beyond This Earth.